My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. You're listening to Best Quality Vacuum, our show about the Vince Gilliverse. And we're wrapping up season one, baby, of Breaking Bad. Yeah, we are here. End of the first season. Uh, for anybody who didn't listen to the uh, Orb, the kind of previous show that was in the slot, where we talked about the Venture Brothers at the end of each season, we kind of go and talk about the, uh, the special features on the DVD and then read your responses. I got to say, a lot of people wrote in and I was really happy to see that. Yeah, nice. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. We've arguably chosen a more popular show. Than the Venture Brothers this time, <laughs> the, uh, you know? it it stands to reason somewhat. Yeah. One of the best shows of all time, slightly more popular than the incredibly good mm-hmm. uh, niche adventure show that aired primarily after midnight. Yeah, uh, and one season every five years. <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, so this cultural event possibly. Mm-hmm. Has more interest. Uh, yeah, so we're going to get into it. Um, the uh, special features on the DVD, uh, this is what we're going to start with here, um, which are generally like pretty good. It has special feature problems, though, where it they, they act as if you're watching the special features before you've seen the show. The special features are like extended commercials. Like uh, it's very much like an artifact of when this DVD would have yes. come out. But when like, I say yeah. good, what I mean is the the ins like when they show whenever they show something that is new information, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Yes, like uh, and they have stuff that I find really charming, like the screen tests. Like yes. I'm always here for screen tests. I find those very charming, mm-hmm. and they're they're very like illustrative. Like you can see script changes mm-hmm. and stuff through that. Yeah. What what sucks is that they're going to remind us of everything they're talking about by showing little scenes of what they're talking about constantly. Yeah, like putting clips. The the same ones. It was the it was the clips that were put out for like uh, talk show rounds, right? Like, okay, you've got four clips to choose from for when you 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 introduce Brian Cranston uh, when when he's going to making the rounds to talk talk about this show, right? Yeah, you see them a lot. Yeah. So if you if you have this DVD and you never watched the special features, we're going to talk about all this stuff that's new. So you don't really need to. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to, uh, I cannot recommend enough uh, hitting that fast forward, like Ooh, riding that fast forward button. One point five percent, one point five yeah. x at least. Yeah. Yeah. Something I usually don't do, but just the mm-hmm. fact that it's just showing scenes that even before we started doing this show, not even full scenes. Mm-hmm. Like just little lines and like line reads that I'm just so familiar with that I, I get nothing from watching them, you know, presented out again. Yeah. J- Jesse being incredulous that Walt is taking off his clothes to cook. Yeah. Well, you know, Jesse's saying, what are you going to break bad? Like mm-hmm. we all know this line. You know? <laughs> uh, there's also, it runs into the special feature problem of extended scenes. Yeah. Uh, extended scenes are always kind of a bummer because uh, it's pretty rare that they add anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is worth having like yeah. the cuts are always better yeah i'm just like this. oh i'm really happy they didn't put a comedy beat at the end of this like yes yeah cut it it's, we need momentum more than we need that little giggle yep yeah uh let's start with the uh, delete deleted scenes and then move into those extra things yeah uh boy am i happy they did this one 
um, <laughs> in the pilot, uh, so when uh, during Walter's uh, birthday party, uh, he gets up to kind of give this speech. In the episode, he's interrupted by the um, by the newscast, and this is how we're introduced to Hank. The mm-hmm. alternate introduction to Hank was Walt getting up and doing some pretty embarrassing date math with his friend Irv, who was named yeah. and shown, and we're not given a Irv. reason. The, the thing about Breaking Bad is it's a show about uh, a struggling author who loves eBay, her shop, her shoplifting sister, and a guy named Irv. Yeah, who can turn That's what years Bad is about. Who can turn years into days and minutes very quickly. This guy's yep. basically the opening song to Rent over here. Yeah, we got, we got uh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's trying to figure this stuff out, and Irv can do it. Figure out the, this date math, but they're interrupted by Hank and Gomi uh, rolling up with their sirens on. You know, like they're getting arrested, but he comes out and he, happy birthday, you swinging dick. Yeah, let's get this party started. I Thank you. You swinging dick. Yeah. It's like, kind of like, a compliment, but uh-huh. it's kind of a, like, call well, me a as, dick, but I'm also as, swinging. As, as he's like gyrating his hips and like holding up to like half racks of beer. Yes. <laughs> it kind of owns. Like, I wish that there was a, you know how there's the, uh, the button you can get from Best Buy that you press to like make a Best Buy slave come and <laughs> fix your computer. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a, like a, a Hank button where like if I'm ever bored because I don't really like partying. I don't drink anymore really. Uh-huh, but I yeah. would love to just have a button I could push to make Hank show and be like, happy birthday, you swinging dick with like two racks of beers. Yeah. And just add chaos wherever I wanted it. I would treat it like a truck bomb. Like I would do, <laughs> do it at Olympics events and stuff. Like, until your demands are met yeah <laughs> just, like, just hold the button up in the middle of a bank and see it. there's one thing this isn't meth it's a hank button just how fucking crazy i can get i just like hammer the button and just all these hanks come like the fucking koopa troops marching up i'm just i'm happy that hank's uh introduction was not this bombastic oh yeah like he he already starts out in debt like in character debt you know a little bit uh but it would have been worse from these deleted scenes and from like stuff in the screen test oh god yeah yeah so i mean i i like hank like i'm i'm still team hank uh he does start out in character debt Yes. Um, uh, and then we get to like the extended stuff. Uh, we, we, <laughs> the, the arc of the nursery. Uh, so that den where he was doing his exercise uh, in the first episode uh, that you never see again. You never see it again because it's uh, uh, it was turned into the, into the nursery. We're turning yeah. your room back into the computer room. Uh, he's, you know, they're, they're turning into gift. a nursery. Yeah, yeah. father's gift. Uh, so it's, it's him and Junior taking stuff down so they can turn it into a nursery. And he, uh, he lingers on the award plaque. And as yeah. he's doing that, Junior comes to help him. Yeah. Uh, this, this sentiment is so much more gracefully shown just through the, him stare mastering, watching it like a TV, uh-huh. <laughs> which is still not that graceful at all, but it's more <laughs> graceful than just having this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would have had him after all these years, just reflect on the, the award no, and be sad, no. but that's a, that's I would have shown it to the audience, but not to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then an extended scene uh, with uh, uh, Walt showing off his uh, you know glassware to Jesse. Uh, I I kind of wish this this was still here because what they cut was Jesse uh, kind of turning turning it around on 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 Walt, mm-hmm. just like okay, you know about this stuff, but you only got one box of Sudafed. You're going to need like forty fifty more of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and anything that that shows, I, I I think that what they wanted, the reason why they didn't have that in the pilot is because. If we immediately were on Jesse's side about that stuff, 
Oh like, yeah. We have to have the assumption that Walt has. Yeah. He doesn't know any shit. I think I think it's really effective as a reveal. Mm-hmm. I would have liked this scene later. You know, yes. as that becomes a creeping realization, like no, Jesse does know about this stuff. Yeah, well, and, and also like the revelation of the Smurf bottleneck. Um, yes, is uh, is a is an important plot point. Like it's why they. I mean, it's it's what gets the uh, more DEA attention. You know, it starts the PDP yes. cook kind of thing. Like that that revelation happening when it does when they are in Hawk to uh, to Tuco is uh, that's well timed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a good scene. It's a it's it's a representation of a dynamic we both like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some deleted scenes in Gray Matter. Um, these are, I, I think, pretty superfluous. Yeah. Um, we get Walt and Skyler arriving at the party um, with their with their car, their shitty car. Yeah. You know, just kind of limping away from the valet station. Um, That's it. Sh- shades of uh, you know, scenes of a cross class struggle in Springfield. Yes. Uh, oh, that good poll. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then just Badger fucking around. Uh, uh, this is a clip called Target Practice. It's him trying to shoot stuff with the crossbow out in the desert while he's cooking with uh, cooking with Jesse. Then he goes in, puts on the gas mask, and does a tired Darth Vader bit. Yeah. Sure. You know, <laughs> it's, it gives the crossbow a little bit more reason to be there during that yes. very goofy subplot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then finally, uh, there's some deleted and extended scenes from a no rough stuff type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, one where the realtor is showing the house, uh, to people. And when she opens up a cupboard in the kitchen, there are dirty dish or the wife opens up a wife who is being shown the house, opens up the cupboard and there are dirty dishes with food on them in the cupboard. cupboard. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, the implication to me was that the person showing the house was cleaning up mm-hmm. and just doing it very quickly. Yes. Yeah. A uh, real rough shot job. Yeah, they're really getting as uh, trying to wring humor out of this uh, realtor thing because the other scene is uh, uh, Walt giving his little pep talk to Jesse. You know, the mm-hmm. first day of the rest of your life speech, and uh, you know, instead of having Jesse kind of give in and go, you know, <laughs> Walt says, "Jesse, you're a man of the street. I need your skills." And then the realtor interrupts them, like walks up on him saying that, giving this intense speech to him, which yeah fine comedy beat it just wasn't necessary yeah yeah these are all good cuts if there's anything when you see extended scenes and deleted scenes where you you can feel a confidence yeah you know like seeing the actual oh like this is what they decided i didn't need to see mm-hmm. uh can be really enlightening yeah. you know it's a well-edited show like they're making good choices mm-hmm. about that yeah so uh n- now we're getting into some of the commercial stuff <laughs> <laughs> like the making yes. of Breaking Bad. I was watching this, like just like I was going through a desert, getting thirstier and thirstier. Like th- th- they're, they are just trying to sell me on a show that I've already bought the DVD for. It, it the kind of thing happens constantly now because of what we're doing with yes. the show. I also keep getting emails from Netflix saying, "Hey, don't you want to see what happens next on Breaking Bad?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I just don't want to watch it before I have to record about it, so it's fresh uh, in my memory." Uh huh. <laughs> um, but this has good insight when you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's fun to watch these actors yes. uh, do stuff. Like during this part, they talk about uh, Brian Cranston loving to ra- being around his underwear and everything mm-hmm. uh, as a, like an extended bit, and it's real cute. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's funny. He seems like a really fun person to work with. Uh-huh. You know, I love the bit uh, where Jesse uh, is like, and this might be during the Inside Breaking Bad segment where they talk about the same subject, uh-huh. but where he's just like, yeah, the first few days when we'd all go to lunch. He would put on his clothes, and then at some point he just stopped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like, 
it just comes off as very charming. Like mm-hmm. it, watching all of the behind the scenes stuff of watching these people just made me really like them more mm-hmm. and make me want to work on the show. They all seem like fun people to work with. Yes. Uh, and, you know, as they're doing the commercial talk, you know, like, ah, I remember this guy from from Muck in the Middle. You know, he's, 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 a meth, he's a meth cook now. Um, they're showing, like, cute behind-the-scenes footage, you know, just uh, uh, Brian Cranston, you know, stepping out of the RV in his underwear, like, you know, doing the a little umbrella, flourish. Little yeah, dance. flourish yeah. with the umbrella. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. Mm-hmm. And you, know? you get to see a ridiculously young Vince Gilligan talking about his show and just the, the Muppet voice that comes out of that man is just just great as he's talking about this being a Wolfman story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a Wolfman story. <laughs> I, I can't do a Vince Gilligan voice, but I like the opportunity uh, to hear him a lot. You, you, you got you to gotta back, uh, back into it with a Huel Hauser. Oh, yeah. Well, well <laughs> just, yeah, it's a little higher pitched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of fun yes uh there's an interview on here that i couldn't i also couldn't watch <laughs> nope uh, this is amazing so apparently there's a, like this is why nobody watches aol blast <laughs> apparently there's a show called amc shootout which is with, with, with very serious film industry it, people talking about God, trends in the industry it reminded me a lot of a tim and eric bit like do you know the thing where they have the two old actors uh and they're putting on makeup on each other uh-huh. or they're getting really, really thick makeup put on each other while they talk about the industry. Uh-huh. It reminded me for all the world of that. <laughs> like, just like, oh yeah, I worked on that. Did you work on that? You know, <laughs> well, that's kind of what's going on. But while this silly makeup's being put on them, it's just no silly makeup. It's just the yeah. most fucking boring old men. Yeah. Like when people talk about not liking old white guys mm-hmm. in media, this is what they mean. Yeah. Like they don't mean Brian. I, I feel like, I mean, maybe they do. I don't want to speak for them Yeah, for, yeah. for the purposes of the bit. They don't mean Vince Gilligan and Brian Cranston. Like they might not <laughs> like Sopranos or Breaking Bad or any of the, you know, uh, the wire, like these shows that are kind of this new Canon. Mm-hmm. I think that the, it, they just, maybe they, maybe they do not realize, or maybe they don't care, but it can get so much fucking worse. Yeah. Like it can be uh, these guys. Yeah, I could be these guys very self-importantly, uh, just like you know, the, the talking at what is you know it, it, what is an interesting moment in you know television where like the the the, the prestige TV is is slowly leaving uh, uh, slowly leaking out of uh, premium cable. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Just like it's weird, you know, that AMC, you know, this network that we're on that is about movies is now doing these really, you know, these two extremely cinematic shows, Breaking Bad and Mad Men. Like, in, but then they get into like, what does that mean? And talking about like the glitz and glamour of the cinema. And like, I, like bringing the like one of the executive producers on who has nothing to do with anything, no. just talking about the place in the market. <laughs> I yeah, I I was dying. I I cannot. There's nothing right now that bores me more than talking about the magic of cinema. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it, it's the cultural moment we're in right now. But like, who is that? Like a <laughs> laser targeted thing to put me to sleep right now? Yeah, yeah. like ah, no. Hollywood. It, no, it, it sounds like Greg Turkington. Mm-hmm. It's all on cinema on location shit. And that's why that, that's so brilliant is because it's skewering this kind of, you know, yeah. no, oh, this is I the just... cemetery from the background of, Oh God, you know, <laughs> and like I'm supposed to give a shit about that as if tons of movies aren't just absolute garbage. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
No, it's just uh, it just uh, anytime something like this comes up, I just think about some you know some fucking sophomore on the prom committee uh, who really really is invested in making the theme this year old Hollywood. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the glitz, the glamour. We're gonna have a red carpet, baby. On cinema, on location, <laughs> Hollywood. It has a million stories, and this is but one of them. <laughs> like that shit is just so uh i mean cringe. yeah and they yeah 100 yeah. and they like they they bring brian cranston out but like he doesn't say much of anything because they don't give him space to really yeah. they don't ask him the right questions and he tries to bring a little bit of charm to it like this is on a set that is like oh we're gonna put some like coffee beans up on a shelf it kind of looks <laughs> like a cafe and he, he, yeah. and he walks out and he says i'm 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 just trying wondering why nobody's working at this at this cafe i want a cup of coffee yeah. like trying to make a joke and they fucking no sell him. they get yeah. into it <laughs> And it's like this isn't the time or place for that. <laughs> you know, you're trying to be a charming human being. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's he's talent. Yeah, and they're business. You know, and the, and they're different. Like one of them is, can be interesting, and one of them cannot. Yeah, uh, it it fucking sucks. It rots. I hope there's yeah. not one in every season. Uh, I, if so, I, we'll do shootout watch where we uh, <laughs> every episode, every time we do one of these, we can see what what new is with a shootout. <laughs> Uh, of considerable more value uh, are the screen tests. Love these. Songs. I really like screen tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find them really charming. Yeah. Um. You know, they have Aaron Paul doing his, uh, and he forgets a line, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not what they're testing for. Like, that's okay. It's not yep. damning. Um. And he's there, like he's Jesse right out uh-huh. the gate. Yeah. Like, like everybody is everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's Jesse reading the you know he's in the car just having gotten the money to uh, to buy the RV right, but he's not like he doesn't look like Jesse yet. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is him, you know. Like I mean, just just cut coming in like it's like the beginning of pilot season or something like that. Like he looks like Jack Nicholson in The Shining because he has very long hair and is wearing a denim jean jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but young. Yeah, like very very young. Uh, and uh, Anna Gunn is doing the eBay hand job mm-hmm. scene. Uh, I love the person they have reading the um, the lines for her, just kind of mumbling. Mm-hmm. Like just, she's just kind of like, "Oh no, this is just for you." And they just have somebody off camera going. <laughs> <laughs> she has to respond to that. It's very funny. But like she's she's got the room like like cracking up. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it, pe- people laughed at this a lot more than I did. The scene, uh, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Betsy Brandt doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, yeah. The most revealing of them is the Dean Norris one. Um, it's for the party scene. And uh, one, he's being, uh, you know, racist uh, here. Mm-hmm. He, he uses a slur for for people of Arab descent, uh, which they tone that down. Like he's still racist in the pilot. You know, he starts yeah. in character deficit, but he, he gets better. But they tone that down, which is great. Mm-hmm. And he's way, way more crass. Yeah. Uh, then he ends up being. I was talking about somebody's job being uh, cleaning dried cum out of a backseat. And like, yeah. hey, man, that's for us. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. just us <laughs> talking. That's not for you. It's not for you, sex oh, gifts. Sex gifts, Dean that? Norris. Yeah. The, the, uh, it does, man, I love Dean Mor- Norris, though. I, again, character deficit. He's I, a bad guy. But I just, <laughs> the Dean Norris button, I would love to have it. <laughs> I, I don't even think that's Hank. I think it's just Dean Norris. I, I mean, that's kind of what's revealed by this. Yeah, and they, they a, talk about that in the Inside Breaking Bad thing. They're like, yeah, yeah. that's just him. <laughs> it's like a, putting on a, a comfortable set of clothing for him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so slipping into a to an old broken M pair of shoes. Yeah, <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> uh, then we get one of the uh, 
I, I'm going to pull a, an exact what this feels like for you. Okay. Uh, and I think you're going to get it. So you watch the, these things called Inside Breaking Bad. These are little aspects of the show that then have a clip and then commentary and then a clip and then sometimes commentary. Mm-hmm. They each have like a little intro to them. Yeah. It has the exact same feeling as trying to watch all of the Decker episodes to me. Yes. Yeah. There's an awful lot of, uh, for, for, for the meat that Set is there. Take down. Yeah. Yes. It, it's like a chi- a reverse chicken wing where it's surrounded by a bone. <laughs> you know, like you reverse the proportions of a chicken wing. You're, I mean, a reverse chicken wing is just, is just a crab leg. Yeah. Like a, a crab or like a very small <laughs> crab leg though. Like the proportions way more bone, way more shell. Than, yeah. than meat Way you know so like if you just put them yeah. on autoplay at 1.5 and you're just like mopping up nuggets uh-huh. of, of good stuff there's like cool fun stuff in this mm-hmm. it's it's sweet and there's cool trivia it just takes you have to sit down and watch a lot of things you've already seen and the little wind up and take down each time yes like they're never meant to be seen <sighs> this way but i also don't know how they were meant to be seen uh-huh you know like do they play one of these during a commercial when you're watching they, it on TV, they feel it's like not episode, very future proof. They feel like episode cappers and they say like to find out more, like these feel like yeah. um webisode kind of things before yes. we get the actual webisodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for the webisodes. <laughs> and like is and the, the 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 ratio is a little weird because like it's it's uh two thirds, you know, interesting stuff, like there are fun details in there, but like it's it feels like every every other one is just general praise for yeah. for somebody. Or That's for true. a scene, you know, like, oh, like we, we really enjoyed shooting the shooting the intervention scene. You know, people in the in the in the room when we shot it were getting kind of uh, kind of emotional. Right. Yeah. This is also all stuff that we know from reading about the episodes, too. Yes. So some of these trivia bits uh, that are, you know, would be new if you're just watching them here. We know them because we research the episodes. Yeah, you although know. I didn't know that the uh, chemical supply company uh, where they got the methylamine was a sewage plant. <laughs> yeah, it looks like yeah. it. it looks like a video game sewage plant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we need to go through all these. No, no, uh, that'd be you know because uh, a lot of them don't have anything. Just kind of hitting the the high points. Yeah, of yeah. of this, um, I really like the bit with RJ uh, Mitty mm-hmm. where he's talking about um, you know acting with. Uh, with CP and everything. And just like, I really was just like, yeah, he's really glad they got an actor who had the condition. And I liked, uh, Vince Gilligan's perspective on this, which is, you know, if you were a reactionary asshole, you'd be like, Oh, this is like tokenism or something. But he was just like, I've never really seen a character with this on TV, but people Mm -hmm. have this. And I, I want to show somebody the stuff they'd never seen before. Yeah. And it was like quietly a really good, third layer argument for diversity and casting like mm-hmm. there there's the the first order reasons you know like it is it is an unalloyed good right yes. like you know that it is it is a good to have that but even if you don't accept that like mm-hmm. don't you want to like these people exist like people who mm-hmm. have this condition don't you want to see a greater swath of the palette of humanity mm-hmm. you know like, on, like, on your tv screen like why wouldn't you want that even outside of social justice concerns 
Right. Like you it, know? It, it, if, if the, if the core of drama is conflict and conflict is, you know, challenges, right. Mm-hmm. There are people who have challenges that you do not, that you do not face yourself. You, yes. they're, they're novel to you. Like the, 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 this is a new kind of story for you to see you as the consumer. Are you not entertained by, by this, you know, by, by getting a glimpse at different kinds of people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good argument. That yes. bypasses a lot of the bad faith, shitty counter arguments. Yes. You know, uh, not that it, you know, you need more evidence for this, mm-hmm. but if you did, it's a good version of it. I yeah. think. And it's also cool to just to see more RJ, you know, especially yeah. this young. He yeah. doesn't show up on a lot of the special features and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there, but he's great. Mm-hmm. I love him. Yeah. Um, uh, getting the actual footage of uh, Brian Cranston um, shaving his head. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. them cut, cutting that together for this is good. I also like the um, uh, the detail where uh, uh, the people on set did head shaving in, in solidarity with them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and uh, it, it wasn't just any. They just had Brian Cranston shave their heads, you know, yeah. like just, wrap, just wrap a towel around him and you get to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I also like that bit where they're like, you know, we have this very beautiful, like lyrical scene of him shaving his head, but we also only have 47 minutes to tell our story. Mm-hmm. You know, like this would not be, we don't need to show this hallway walk to completion. No, no. You know, uh, which I liked. Yeah. Um, I, This is where, and this came up earlier too, a lot of the, hey, hey, we're not glorifying meth. Yeah. Like meth is actually bad, mm-hmm. uh, which is very funny. Like, you know, we know that it seems very obvious now, but maybe at the time, like, I don't remember growing up really knowing too much about meth. No, no. You know, the, the, the real uh, crux of the meth crisis happened during my adult lifetime. Yeah. It was like, I mean, just, I, I, I don't know about you, but like when I was coming up in like the, you know, the aughts, it, like that was, it felt like it was right in the middle of the faces of meth campaign kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, just showing the, the, the physical uh, toll that it would play on people. Those images are kind of burned into my head. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it makes a sense. I, I can I can see uh, at, at the very least like network higher ups or people concerned with marketing getting out in front of that concern. I would say, uh, especially before the show had uh, established itself on its own merits. You know. Yes. Yeah. It could also be like that. Could also explain part of why there it seems so square sometimes in the show about pot and shoplifting and stuff. Yeah. And treating it like an equivalent crime. It makes mm-hmm. me wonder if that was also a pressure thing. Like we, yeah. since we're the, the meth show, we have to be doubly sure we're not encouraging yeah. anyone mm-hmm. to do something crappy. Whereas like me as the chat adult understands that, you know, portrayal is not endorsement. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah. L- looking, looking for other stuff. Oh, I'm really happy that uh, Vince Gilligan shares my concerns about what Walt did to Ken. <laughs> yeah yeah he's just like yeah he's like this was it's it's fun and exciting but it's also really stupid because yeah. he almost blew up a gas station yeah he could hurt uh, somebody yeah. he could have gotten caught yeah yeah season one weirdness <laughs> yeah um let's get into our responses let's do yeah uh um, if we yeah. don't get to if we don't get to all of these don't please don't have your feelings hurt uh, it's just a, just a matter of getting a a cross section of uh yes. of, of, of people's thoughts yeah, um, I'm going to start here with Zay Nation. Zay Nation says, 
I got into Breaking Bad towards the end of its run as I was beginning my job as a high school chemistry teacher. The first day of school, every class asked me if my class was going to be like Breaking Bad. Every time I said, I'm not going to lie, it's going to be exactly like that. Uh, although the rest of the show is dramatic and gripping, I have a soft spot for the first season where it really felt like they were going to try to use actual chemistry concepts as part of their narrative and as Walt's secret weapon. They only scratched the surface of impractical ways to melt a man. Uh, Z Nation's got the man melting uh, <laughs> unlock. Love it's, it. He's, he's got some secrets for us. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I think that it speaks to a certain amount of, uh, like there's a core of a good idea there and they did it well enough before they moved away from it. Well, advisedly, Mm -hmm. I think, but like that somebody who works that job and knows about chemistry, you know, was, you know, not turned off by that. Right. It's like, oh, they got it right enough, you know, for like storytelling purposes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is 100% a thing that season one does. Yes. It is it is doing some meth magic and stuff. And like <laughs> if they had taken that to an extreme, mm-hmm. that could have gotten annoying. Like I'm happy with it being burned off mm-hmm. as it is in the first season. I accept it. If it just became like a Mr. Wizard, the criminal <laughs> like kind of thing, I, I would I would have struggled with a lot more. Yeah, um, I don't think Zay Nation is pushing for that. No, but it, it no. could have kept this tenor like this level mm-hmm. of vibration with that, I think. Yeah. Uh, There's a, um, uh, there's a response a little bit later that kind of talks about the theory for why that, that, that break happened. Yeah. Mm. Um, Kyle writes, as much as I have a sauce bot for season one, a lot of it consists of Jesse and Walton's screaming matches. (laughs) Once Mm -hmm. the show hits its stride in season two uh, and beyond with the introduction of Saul and Mike uh, and some of the other side characters getting more development uh, like Jesse's friends, the show strikes a much better balance for me. The show also veers away from Walt being chemistry MacGyver uh, as of, uh, as often, which I appreciate. Still on the balance, even with its quirks, season one is better than most other shows' best seasons, uh, in my honest opinion. Also, I kind of wish we got more Tuco and Better Call Saul, uh, especially to see how he and Lalo would interact. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I feel like he really delivers uh, one of the standout performances of season one. Agreed. Yeah, Tuco's a great villain. Yeah, there. I was happy to see him back in uh, Better Call Saul, even though it did feel like a, hey, we're still breaking bad. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, as kind of a little bit insecure. But mm-hmm. the uh, the scene with where Mike gets him arrested is brilliant. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the show, Doug. Uh, writes in to say, I'm glad I got in on the ground floor with Breaking Bad. I wouldn't have done so, but for the coincidence that Matt Jones was a friend, uh, this is Matt Jones who plays Badger, a friend, part of our improv group from about 2000-2005. We're just excited to see he had booked a gig, and back then, of course, we had no expectations about the show or its trajectory. Even in this early stage of Breaking Bad, I remember it reminding me of 24, not for the pace or subject matter, but for that feeling of desperately wanting to see the next episode as soon as possible. That would only get more intense as Breaking Bad evolved, but it will still always associate the show not with its great plotting cinematography or performances with the first good feeling that a buddy booked a gig oh that's great yeah yeah Yeah, very uh very sweet yeah man what a what a role maker uh for matt jones like immediately recognizable as one of the most beloved characters on a beloved show Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) he got to be in final fantasy 7 remastered he did that's it it's wedge baby he's wedged Uh, (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I feel like he hasn't been in, in I, I recognize him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for the next big break. Yeah. Thing 
for him to do. Um, I, I want to see him in, in something else. Same. Uh, yeah. Cause he's great. No. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Doug. Uh, Zach writes in to say, uh, it just so happened uh, that this podcast started right as I was wrapping up my own rewatch of Breaking Bad. On this rewatch, I was prepared to see Walter as a piece of shit, uh, if less severe at the start, the whole time, and I did. Uh, what I was not prepared for is how much the show now uh, feels like a five-season-long I-think-you-should-leave sketch. <laughs> Seriously, uh, in any scene with Walter, just mentally replace Brian Cranston with Tim Robinson, and it would still work on a comedic register. Uh, it made it impossible to ever view Walter as even a little bit cool. Just wondering if you guys uh, have felt anything similar, uh, seeing as you're both big fans of I Think You Should Leave as well. Uh, Gary is saying uh, they've definitely heard Gary drop into the Tim Robinson voice once or twice. Yeah, we probably do that too much. Yeah, but. really, really big fans. Yes. Uh, season three, baby <laughs> being made now. Um, I, th- this came first for me, so I, mm-hmm. I haven't backported it. Yeah. You know, there, that is a very funny comparison, but I did not end up yeah. uh, getting there. I, I, I have not done this naturally. I will mentally try that hat on next time I watch. I won't for fear that it can never come off. One of, one of those <laughs> yeah. cursed hats. Yeah, it might be. It might be a, a hat made out of witches' assholes, and <laughs> and be, follow me like a bad penny. <laughs> oh, oh that's um, so good. <laughs> uh, Liam says, uh, "Found you guys' stuff through, I believe, uh, my Bim Bam ad, and have been listening to all the various podcasts since. But this is the first time I've been up to date uh, on one enough to write in. I think the moment Breaking Bad hit me was the arc through episodes two to four about Crazy Eight." locked uh, to the support in Jesse's basement. The conversation he and Walt have, cutting the crust off his sandwich, Walt's realization about the plate, it was so miserably dark and desperate the first time I saw it, uh, and I took the library's DVD out of my PS3 and sat quietly for a bit to process it. I also don't know why Walt never realized any sort of, hey, this guy had a gun to my head uh, feelings, but that's his problem, uh, referring (laughs) to Walt justifying his actions uh, based on this guy killing him. It's a... I love that, you know, that bit too. We talked about it in the show, but that the crust thing is really great. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things that is an essential part of my like feelings about Breaking Bad is that it's a show with like this about this corrupting force and this monsterism, but there are so many great moments of tenderness and love mm-hmm. uh, in it, uh, specifically non-romantic, uh, apparently love. F- filial. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Filial love. Like, you know, Walt visiting Jesse in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're going to get to a part in the second season where he goes and rescues Walt from like a junkie den, mm-hmm. basically. That That is, uh, and he misses like a very important thing, mm-hmm. uh, if, if I recall, to do that. That is very much an act of love, like yeah. profound love. There's mm-hmm. a lot of profound love in yeah. the show. I, I mean, it, like, even when it is not profound, you know, this expression when he's cutting the crust off of the sandwich, I forget, you know, because it's been a few weeks since I watched that episode. I forget if he if he caught this detail or if he just did it by reflex. Like he is performing a dad dad role. It is one of the basic basic units of dadding to make your kid a bologna sandwich, you mm-hmm. know, like and he just he just cuts it cuts it off. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it is just dad reflex. Like the, he is still recognizing this as another person who is younger than him, who is also relying on him. That like you know is a, it's a real mark, uh, albeit a small one. In the you know Walter White was human once. 
uh, column. He he does notice it. He like draws a line under it. But the fact that he would consider it is a dad move. Yes. You know, hey, the kid doesn't like crusts. Uh, yeah. yeah. And save him the step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew writes, hi guys, loving the show so far. I appreciate the respectful and nuanced analysis you provide, especially given all of the backlash cycles since the show aired question, have your feelings changed, uh, toward any specific character during rewatch? I find myself much more sympathetic to Hank. Of course, part of that is how his character arc ended, uh, but something about his character feels true to me. Authoritarian, boastfully masculine, but ultimately he does mean well and he does love his family and Waltz. Uh, Also, he totally looks exactly like an officer in my town's police department, uh, so much so that my wife and I refer to him as Officer Hank. Uh, And I'm not going to say what town this is because I'm not going to dox this police officer or Andrew, but there is a link link provided. Yeah, there there yeah. is a Hank there. We we got a straighter happening. Yeah, uh, this guy's a total Hank. Yeah, uh, and some guys are total Deans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I say same thing. Like I we talked about that. I I have twenty twenty two brain, so mm-hmm. Hank using slurs now feels worse than it did when yeah. I first watched the show. Not that I was like hooting and hollering the first yeah. time I watched the show and like say the word Hank. <laughs> like it wasn't a pl- a feature to me. Right, it was more right. just like I didn't notice. I noticed it, but it was just that's the type. Yes, you know. Now, what's really interesting is that, like, I think that if I were rewatching the show or just watching it for the first time now, I mm-hmm. it might really change things. But I can't get rid of the knowledge of who Hank turns into and how his I story mean, ends. Like I've seen the show a few times now. Yeah, Hank is a complete Hank. He is. He exists in all points in time for me, so I can look at how he changes and stuff. But I always know where we're going to end up. Yeah, I mean, and not just end up, but like he, the, you know, the the shine comes off of him pretty quick, you know, after you know the the big climactic scene at, at the beginning of season two, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, it, uh, it it comes off there. He loses his confidence a little bit, uh, or it is re- you know revealed more starkly that the you know, hey, you big swinging dick, like yes. yeah, that 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 is a, that is a way that he likes to exist, but it is but it is also you know something of a something of a front to him, you oh, know? very much, yeah. He's gonna uh, become like, a sad rock collector very soon. <laughs> yeah, but the way that he, but the, but you know, uh, you, you know, even toward the end of this, like in the intervention scene, or you know, roughly, roughly thereabouts, like yes, he is kind of emasculating Walt by saying like, "Hey, we'll take, we'll take care of your family no matter what." But like, I believe it. It's, yeah. it's true. You know, he he fucking loves Junior, right? <laughs> like, the, he it's wants a real, to help him. Well, and and Skyler, you know, and yeah. Walt. Like, you know, he, he loves them all. Like it is, uh, there's a point in the show where you, you have to make, uh, it's asking you questions about whether it matters, whether someone's telling the truth or being genuine, right? Like it is, it is, you have to think about whether intent matters and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can certainly make the argument that it doesn't like these people should know better. There's no excuse for him to do that. He should be self-aware enough. At the end of the day, he's not self-aware enough for that. Mm -hmm. So do you give him some credit for genuinely, you know, again, feeling true and profound love? Mm-hmm. Or do you give I him, mean, do you credit him for that humanity? And I, I do. I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a, a virtuous thing. Yes. I'm not here to tell anybody they need to forgive him for slurs, mm-hmm. you know, especially somebody who is more directly affected by those. Mm-hmm. Like that's never a choice I would make for somebody else. Yeah. For me, I think that the, I am buying what Gilligan is selling. 
with yeah. that about the humanity. Yeah. Same. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bradley says, what this is friend of the sh- friend of the show, Bradley. Oh, uh, hey, Bradley. Uh, yeah, here, here at the dogcast, Bradley. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we'll be hopefully be seeing you soon. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that Vince Gilligan and Breaking, the Breaking Bad team do is adapt and evolve their plans for the story as it happens. They're willing to change things that might not be working. For example, Heisen Marie and her shoplifting. <laughs> they were also able to see Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston's chemistry uh-huh, uh, with something special and decided to keep the character alive. This show is so good at finding the best things and moving them forward with a story while leaving behind the things that didn't work. Season one also illustrates some of my favorite aspects of the show. Walter White is able to be both an incredibly realistic character and somebody who can pull off saying cheesy one-liners and blowing up drug dens. Dramatic realism and cartoonish buffoonery uh, is a difficult line to walk, and this season showcases some of the great things uh, to come. Love it. Uh, You guys are the bomb, yo, and season one was tight, tight, tight. Uh, (laughs) The, uh, <laughs> oh. thanks brad yeah um, and congratulations I, uh also oh yeah about that yeah. yeah um yeah real heads know um <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah well uh well put mm-hmm. yeah no it's a the, 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 that that tight line is that 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 is a tight rope to walk there we go yeah, yeah something tight, like there tight 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 tight, tight. yes yeah. uh, it's tired than a mule with its balls wrapped in duct tape yo yes uh, but it's a good place. It's a good place to be. And, you know, some of the more surreal comedy moments late in later seasons, when the goofiness is not as, as not as apparent, I think that continues to be a register that they play in well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it balances levity very, very well. A lot yes. of times they don't affect one another. It's more just giving you a break. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, uh, you know, it, it's a show that like Liv will never watch. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't have a, a bottomless appetite for darkness, mm-hmm. uh, like I do, um, so I can't just be <laughs> okay. like, no, no, they're, they're legitimate. Like there are funny bits to it, mm-hmm. you know. Doesn't count the fact that like in within a couple episodes they dissolve a person. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not something she's not interested in seeing. Like the good and yeah. bad parts don't always talk to each other, but they mm-hmm. coexist very peacefully. Yes, is uh, what I would say. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sam writes, I think the impact of the 0708 writer's strike on the course of the show is profoundly underrated. Obviously, it saved Jesse. But if they had a full season one uh, get successful and renewed, I think the show could have stayed more formulaic. The break gave Vincent Company time to reflect on the strengths and weaknesses of what they had uh, of what they had uh, and uh, to cut the corny part. Imagine a world where the season three finale was called titration or something, and it starts off. <laughs> with Walt explaining the pH scale to board high schoolers for the payoff of a terrible visual metaphor. Uh, you have spoken something atrocious into you being cur- Sam. Cursed us. The, the lathe of um, heaven is spinning up right now. Stop uh, it. Take it back, Sam. Hydration. Take it back. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. I, I have long thought about what this show would be like if they killed Jesse. Yeah. Uh, even after season one stuff, it would have had a huge impact. You know, but they were playing the long game. Yeah. You know, good for them. Good for them. Would it would have been brutal. Uh, Patrick says, this isn't about season one specifically, but it is non-plot related uh, about how the series changed my life in a way I didn't expect. It's September 2013. I had just started seeing this girl and things had gone over, uh, gone well over our first couple dates. So when she asked if I wanted to get together for dinner on her night off, of course I said yes. It was only after I had sent that fateful affirmative text that I realized this was the night of the Breaking Bad finale. 
I've been watching the show religiously for years now. My roommate and I were extremely busy with our first post-college obligations, him with his first job, me with grad school, but we always made sure to catch the airing of a new episode of Breaking Bad together. I really didn't want to miss the finale uh, of this amazing show with my roommate because of a girl I had just met, but I also didn't want to cancel plans so soon into a new relationship. So I went on the date and ended up working out. We had a great time and my very supportive roommate and I watched the finale when it re-aired a day or two later. A month later, I met the girl's friends at a Halloween party while dressed up as Walter White. Pro tip, crushed blue Jolly Ranchers make great prop meth. Now, almost 10 years ago, that girl and I are happily married. We just welcomed our incredible daughter into the world over the summer. And to this day, my wife and I still joke affectionately affectionately about that memorable date night, the time I took the first leap of faith in our relationship and missed Breaking Bad for her. Congratulations, and thank you for that very sweet story. Yeah, congrats. That was very sweet. I uh, When Breaking Bad was appointment TV like that, I remember changing my plans mm-hmm. based on it, which was very funny. Um, I very <laughs> distinctly remember uh, being at – was it you and me at a convention or was I at a PAX? When, you were at a PAX. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. watching in the hotel and I was like sick. <laughs> you know, like shitting my guts out. Uh, I, th- I want to say Nick was there. I was sharing a hotel room with Nick. Oh, no. Uh, and just like, you know, desperately trying to time my emergency shits to commercial breaks. <laughs> You're like, it's no good. So l- less romantic oh. than than your story, uh-huh. arguably, yeah. Patrick. But but still, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a kind of, uh, it's, it's the kind of thing that doesn't really happen that much in, in life anymore. Uh, the no. appointment viewing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm happy about. I don't like appointment viewing. Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, John writes, not going to lie, I was pretty bummed out after Orb ended. So I was glad to hear you guys will be jumping into, into another one of my favorite shows. Loving the coverage so far. There has been a good amount of discussion regarding the quality or lack thereof of the needle drops in season one. So let's just get it out in the open. What are your first and worst of season one needle drops? My first is the song Didn't I playing at the end of Cancer Man, mainly because uh, I think it was a pretty cool song, but it also feels like fitting music to see Chad Salamanca's senior's mm. car blow up to. Mm. <laughs> uh, my uh, my worst uh, is the joint rolling reggae that plays while Walt is doing just that in episode two, because it's way too on the nose, to say the least. Curious to hear what you think uh, and what your choices are. Um, looking forward to hearing you guys talk about season two. I think we're going to be of a pretty similar mind on this. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Of the all the the Neil Rob. So my my least fa- I know my least favorite. Uh, here, I don't know my favorite. My okay. least favorite is uh, I think it's in the second episode. It might be the first episode, but when they're out in the desert and it's the whatever the song is that's like a yeah. It's just the breakdown from Freak on a Leash for like a minute straight. Yeah, no, that's that's mine. That's mine too. In the first episode, guys. Yeah. That fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, it's like Vince. I I think Vince Gilligan's a genius. Uh-huh. I bet she has an awful fucking CD collection. Yeah. Like I bet you it's absolutely unlistenable. <laughs> like just, or whoever does the music. Like you know, not necessarily yeah, yeah. Whoever does the music for Breaking Bad has awful taste in music. Good taste in scores, but just yeah. has like just terrible, terrible CDs. There's there's good stuff later. <laughs> no, I mean it gets, it gets better. Yeah. You know, and then in season one, I don't know what my favorite needle drop is. Uh, the like, Norris Barkley song at the end. The oh, Who's yeah, Gonna yeah, Save yeah. My Soul. Yeah. That's really good. I also really like the uh, TV on the radio song 
uh, oh, yeah, when they're yeah. leaving the store. Those mm-hmm. are both good songs. And I actually really like the Crystal Blue Persuasion uh, at the end of uh, the series. Or no, the, the yeah, the no Crystal Blue Persuasion is a uh, that's a cooking montage oh, in season five. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Um, what is the song? The Bad Company song or Bad Finger or whatever. The last yeah. song, the, the, yeah, the final I, I, song that's played. Yeah, I, I forget blue. what it is. Yeah, yeah, something uh, like that. Baby, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby, baby Blue. Yeah. I think that song's oh. really good, and that's mm-hmm. a I that would drop works on me. No, uh, season one's rough. Uh, honorable mention also to the uh, song that plays as Jesse's getting out of the uh, mill flare. In the first episode, <laughs> he's climbing out the window. Yeah. Uh, that song also fucking rots. Yeah. Uh, like kind of no Latin, Latin rock. <laughs> yeah. Like Latin rap rock. Yeah. That uh, could be worse. The, 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 we'll talk about the good needle drops when they happen later, but like, I don't know, that Fever Ray song uh, in uh, season four is really good. The, um, oh gosh, the Long Goodbye uh, song that uh, when, when Gus is doing the walk, uh, you know, uh, mm. when he's about to go. Um, there's a really good apparat song. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's good stuff. Yeah. Um, eventually, yeah. eventually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let's see here. That was, was that, that was me. I think it's on to you. All right. Uh, Anders, uh, and this is the listener, not the NPC from the SNES Shadowrun. Uh, says, I first heard of Breaking Bad back in 2011 when Brad Shoemaker from Giant Bomb mentioned how Jesse played Rage with a light gun on that week's episode. Later that day, I went to my local video store, you remember those, where I found the first season for cheap. I decided to give it a go and ended up watching it all in one sitting. Needless to say, I loved it. I convinced my girlfriend to watch it, and we went through the whole thing again the following night. She loved it too, though she did raise an eyebrow when she saw the cover art with Walt in his underwear. That cover alone speaks volumes about how much season one's approach differs from the rest. While I still find it very watchable and grossing, I'm glad they went for a more subdued sense of comedy in following seasons. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they talk about the tidy whities uh, in the special features and stuff in a non-comedic context, like this idea mm-hmm. that it's him and his most vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's dorkier looking, which is ties into the theme. It's not just funny, mm-hmm. which yeah. I agree. I agree with, but I'm also glad they dialed that back. Mm-hmm. Or at least hit it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Luke writes, rewatching this, uh, re- rewatching for this podcast is my first time going back to Breaking Bad since I first marathoned it on Netflix uh, many years ago. My biggest surprise going back to season one is how long it takes before we get to the point where Walt and Jesse are partnered up and cooking meth. In my memory, the status quo at the end of the season was achieved by the end of the pilot. I'm also finding the show harder to rewatch than to watch initially, not because it's bad, but because knowing where it all goes, I have so much more sympathy for Skylar and Hank. So it's harder to root for Walt being such a shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to Saul, Gus, Q and Jessica Jones getting involved. Jessica Jessica Jones is talking to talking about Kristen Ritter talking about uh, Jane. Okay. Indeed. Did did she play John Delancey? Yeah, I got the, I got the Q one. Did, did, uh, okay, so the I've never seen Jessica She's Jones. Jessica Jones, same, same in, actress. Uh, okay, yes, in the Netflix Jessica Jones series. Gotcha. All right, yeah. which I haven't watched it either. I I fell off the Marvel Netflix stuff. Yeah, uh, being the the uh, one of the two Marvel guys on the network, I get a reputation for being completionist about it, but mm. I'm not. Mm. I, and I love the comic. There's really no reason for me not to have watched that. And it's also mm-hmm. supposed to be really good. Oh. I just haven't watched it. I <laughs> fell off D- Daredevil season two, and I was like. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ninjas in this. I don't really like watching <laughs> fighting ninjas. 
you know like <laughs> it's good ninjas. every once in a while but <laughs> yeah. i mean daredevil season two is absolutely infamous for the amount of ninjas like absolute ninja heads still feel like there are too many fucking ninjas in that show <laughs> you just fight so many ninjas i know that jessica jones isn't gonna fight ninjas but yeah it's a little too too much of the hand mm. um yeah it it is hard to know where this all ends up yeah um you know same thing with with better call saul i thought about rewatching better call saul uh-huh uh, now that's over even because i figure it'll be a while before we get to it for this show mm-hmm. and you know it'd just be fun to watch but it's it's too sad yeah uh you know i don't know like it, it's uh they're they're tragedies I mean, even with characters that are kind of harder to sympathize, like it's really tough to see anything with Chuck, right? Yeah. No, knowing where that goes, yeah. Chuck's a huge asshole. Yeah, like Ch- Chuck is the villain of the the first couple seasons of Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. uh, but he is doesn't deserve what happened to him. Nope. Yeah. So, mm. uh, final response. Uh, this is from Patrick. Uh, Patrick says, "Rewatching the show with the podcast has been a blast so far." even if season one is so weird after having just finished the last season of better call Saul, there's an alternative timeline and a major uh, focus for each episode. That would be on the badass way that Saul uses his knowledge of the law to solve his problems <laughs> uh, with the strange format of season one. I actually found the cancer man episode to be the strongest one since the show finally slowed down a bit and let us know Jesse much better. I found the scenes in the parents' house uh, to be by far the most touching moments of the season. If I recall correctly, a lot of my favorite episodes in later seasons are also the slow character-driven ones. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your takes on those. Anyway, thank you for the great shows. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it is neat getting that, uh, getting the insight into Jesse's past, you know, and uh, kind of yeah. understanding, you know, the ways That's that That's the best he, part uh, of that episode, I yes. think. You know, that is really, really strong. Um, it's really interesting to contrast it with Better Call Saul. And part of the reason why I want, I'm looking forward to revisiting that is that my primary memory is that the beginning of Better Call Saul is too slow. Yes. Um, for at least a season and a half. It, it's uh, it, it's less slow when you know that it's going somewhere. At, at the time, I, I dropped off of watching it because yeah, I, it was just like, I've got no faith that this is going to hit hit something cool. Right. It, you know? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they hit the balance quite. Right. Yeah. Like it can certainly be more character driven and slower than, uh, you know, than, than all blowing up meth labs and this is not meth, mm-hmm. you know, and such. Yeah. Um, but it also can be slightly more fast paced than Alpine shepherd boy, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. there's, <laughs> like, yeah, there, there, there's a fertile Valley between those two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Locks era. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're going to be back uh, next time in two weeks with uh, the beginning of season two. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Same. Uh, just we're going to kind of start to, there's still like, the, we're going to leave season two weirdness for, we're going to leave season one weirdness for season two weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it still has its uh, peculiarities, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to getting some of those characters in, just like some of you expressed in your responses. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, yes. Uh, if you have thoughts about season two episodes as they come in, even though we only do these at the uh, you know at the end of a season, um, you can write them in. Go to duckfeed.tv/contact and use the um, uh, the best quality vacuum button there. Uh, to write in, try and keep it limited to season two. If you can, if you're writing about season five right now, can't guarantee you we're going to dig that back up. <laughs> yeah. We, we will forget about it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but uh, that's, that, that's how you do that is uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, we appreciate you. Uh, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. If mm-hmm. you want to support us without using money, uh, go to Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict and uh, leave us a rating or review. And if you want to support us without doing that, tell your friends. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are always uh, – there There are plenty of people who have not seen Breaking Bad yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we are there uh, happy to accompany anybody on their journey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I think so. Uh, yeah. Oh, just one more thing, Gary. Yeah. Uh, while you were, uh, uh, that was, that was a different episode. I was going to say while you were cleaning your garage. No, it's (laughs) a different different thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, still holds. Uh, do you happen to have a replacement filter for a Hoover pressure pro max extract 60? Uh, I do not. Okay. Well, if you can get me one of those, I would. Oh boy. Oh no. You're going to die. Wrong number. (laughs) I'll be calling the police. (laughs) 